What's going on, everybody? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 18 of The Baseline. I'm here, Eddie Montanez, back with Zach Zavonchik. So we're going to start off this week talking about Max Scherzer getting a 10-game suspension for a sicky substance. Uh, Phil Cuzzy's an idiot. Like, I don't think that a solidified Hall of Famer and one of the best pitchers of all time is going to go out there and need a cheat. Like, I believe Scherzer... 100%. It was just sweat and rosin. He put it on his kids. Those are some of the strongest words you could say. Uh, like I said, Scherzer is one of the greatest pitchers to ever step foot on that mountain. So for him to go out there and use a sticky substance, I don't see that at all. Uh, he was saying that they made him switch his glove and wash his hands over and over again. But Phil Cuzzy never said anything about nah, using the rosin that was provided on the mound. So he would just go get the rosin in the dugout. And then it was just sweat that he said it was. And it was just too sticky, apparently. But they said that it was the stickiest they've ever felt a substance this year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I didn't feel Scherzer's hand, obviously. I can't tell if it was as sticky as they're saying it or not. But I keep saying that Scherzer is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. He doesn't need a sticky substance to pitch. He has been getting hit around this year, but there's no need for that. So, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you there. I mean, Scherzer's definitely not someone I can see trying to intentionally cheat or bring anything, you know, illicit into the game. I know a lot of players were talking about it. I know Trevor Bauer did a small video on it showing how sticky rosin with sweat can really be. And, I mean, I, I believe that it was really just the rosin and sweat. I don't think there was anything – malicious really behind it i mean obviously you're going to try to get every advantage you can you can use it to your advantage and like you said i know they they talked about he had to change his glove they made him wash his hands i think the third time they went out or something he they got in a big argument he he was going to appeal it i know pretty much everybody talked him out of it he's just writing the suspension out it just easier in the long run not cause as many issues but i mean it's it sucks because that's another thing for the mets that they're losing now and who knows if they can really afford to lose it. I mean, like you said, Scherzer was getting kind of hit around the start of the year. But, I mean, that's still a big piece of that rotation for the Mets to come in. Because, like you said, he's dominant. He's one of the best pitchers of this era, in our opinions. I mean, I don't know. It's tough. It's It happens. I mean, but like you said, Phil Cuzzy, he's the only umpire that called it on three different guys. I don't know. There's, I think there's more to it than what we're being told. But like I said, he appealed it he, and he dropped it. Just probably just letting it ride out. Just let bygones be bygones at this point. Uh, how you were saying that uh, this might affect the Mets, it didn't affect us really at all because we had Joey Latrusi come up and throw seven scoreless inning against the Giants, pitched a beautiful game. Uh, it's special, and I think it was so so smart for Scherzer not to appeal it too, because the way our games were set up, like our next series at the Nationals, and I see us taking two of three, preferably the sweep, and our, our next series at the Braves. So I would much rather have Scherzer pitch against the Braves than the Nationals. Yeah. So that's why I think he appealed it, but yeah, I don't really think it affected affected us at all. We took we took seven a ten on our West Coast. Uh, uh, road trip we played really good i in my opinion and we have the nationals up next so 
I think it's, that's going to be a bloodbath. So I think we just got to worry about the Braves and thank God Scherzer is going to be there. Yep. Uh, on to our next topic. We got Bumgarner getting DFA'd by the D-backs and the D-backs are eating 34 mil of his of that contract, right? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. That's half of what Michael Harris is getting paid. That's ridiculous. That's half of what, of what one of the best center fielders in baseball is getting paid. That's absurd. Bumgarner, I see a lot of people and a lot of Mets fans on, like, Instagram and shit saying, all oh, the Mets should go after this guy. No, he's an idiot. Like, Bumgarner's god-awful. Like, yeah, he had the stretch with the Giants where he was a freak. Where the Nash in the Nash where before the DH was in the DH in the National League got in, but he was a great hitter for the Giants as well. But after the Giants, he just really went downhill. He shit, in my opinion, probably one of the lowest tier pitchers in all of baseball. If the Mets got him, I'd freak out. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say besides this guy's absolute dog shit. What do you have to say? No, I mean, I'm, I'm. Not surprised to see him get DFA'd at this point. I mean, he's been struggling since 2017, give or take, 2018. And like you said, back in his stretch with the Giants, from 13 to 16, he was a four-time All-Star. He was a World Series and LCS MVP in 2014. And he was dominant in his day with the Giants. Like He was probably one of the top pitchers, if not the top pitcher in the league. And just to see him decline this bad in those few years since then it's i don't know it's it's just i'm not surprised to see him get dfa because he's just been god awful since then and i've never been a fan of Bumgarner to begin with i always thought he had an attitude problem he always was getting in fights arguments starting shit with people that weren't even starting shit with him so i mean i think he deserves to go down or you know not play anymore I mean, he did his time. He got, you know, his records and stuff, did his stats. But I think I think he's all but done. I don't see any team really picking him up. They could sign him for the league minimum, but I doubt anyone's going to give him anything. Oh, uh, yeah. But he, the guy had his – the guy got his rings. He got his all-stars. He had a brilliant uh, – he came in relief against the Royals for five innings, dominated them. He's the reason that they won the World Series in that game seven. Mm-hmm. Uh Bumgarner, just I just can't really say anything else. Like if the Mets or any other team in the league got him, I would. If I was a fan of any other team, I'd be pissed because this guy's attitude is first of all horrible. He starts fights with guys that are just got walked and are taking their time to get out of the box. Like what? You just walked him. Like you're mm-hmm. for walking him for the first place. Like the guy had like a 12 ERA before he got DFA. He's horrible. I yeah, I think he, like, he had a 10 10 point. 260 ERA or something. He was 0 3 on the season already. And don't get me wrong, the D backs are doing really well this year. So losing him isn't affecting them at all. Probably doing them a favor, getting him out of the out of the uh, clubhouse and all. It's just that eating 34 million doesn't make sense to me. Like that's, that's a lot of money to just eat. But that's a lot of money to just be throwing around. That could be half a player's contract, like Michael Harris, as I just said. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But now we're going to talk about the Rangers. Dolores Garcia's ripping. Marcus Simeon's ripping. They don't have uh, Corey Seager right now. But 
that whole team is absolutely tearing the cover off the baseball. They have two very good catchers. They have Jonah Heim and Mitch Garver, who you can just replace as one is the age and one is as your catcher. So it's just swift, swift, not flip-flop with them for every day, I think. But the Rangers are really good. You know that they took the ground from us in the offseason. Their pitching staffs have been – their pitching has been really good. Andrew Heine has been pitching very good. DeGrom's DeGrom. He's been off to a shaky start. This is not the DeGrom we're used to seeing, obviously, but Jacob DeGrom is Jacob DeGrom, still a top three pitcher in all in all of baseball. So the Rangers are doing very good. They have a top five record in the whole league. This is surprising me, especially since they don't have Corey Seager. Uh, Corey Seager is a very big bat for them, and Marcus Simeon wasn't playing his best to start the year, but now that Corey Seager went down these past two weeks, he has been going – off bad and Adolis Garcia the other day had three home runs and two doubles. That's disgusting. Like that whole team is just ripping the cover off the ball. Yeah, and you were saying about with Degrom, his first game or two. I know he was getting hit around. You know, wasn't pitching how Degrom pitches, but he still has a ton of strikeouts. He's still pitching extremely hard, extremely fast. I mean, and then you have their lineup coming and backing them up. Like you said, Dolce Garcia is crushing the ball. Marcus Simeon's crushing the ball. I mean, you have Nathaniel Lowe. He's not hitting bad. But, I mean, it's just this team's coming around. And not like they've been absolute garbage the past few years, but how I said before with other teams, they're getting a couple pieces together. They're building up a little bit, and we're seeing how it's playing out. Yeah, the Rangers are really surprising me, especially since they don't have Corey Seager, like I said. Especially, and Jonah Heim, too. Like I was very high on him last year. I thought he was a very good rookie catcher when he came up. But now he's been doing very good for this team. And how I said they have Mitch Garver as well, who they could just flip-flop as DHN for their catcher. Mm-hmm. This line is doing very well. I'm excited to see when Corey Seager comes back what this team could do at full effect when they have their whole team. Yeah, I mean, I think Corey Seager's going to play a big role when he comes back as well. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said before, or we said earlier, he's he's a good fielder, but he's also a really good bat, and he gets on hot streaks and he crushes the ball. So I think, like seeing him with the Dodgers, he was I loved watching him. It was a lot of fun to watch. But I mean, you can see you can see how he plays. I mean, I think he's going to help them a lot when he comes back up, especially taking some pressure off of Dallas and uh, Simeon. Now we're going to talk about uh, Drew Smiley's perfect game through eight innings and how it ended. So that just has to suck. Like, obviously, Young Gums didn't do that intentionally. Like, it was just a bad, it was just a bad play by him. Matt, bad communication as well. Like, Drew Smiley, that's just an amazing performance by him. If you would have told me that Drew Smiley went eight perfect innings, I would have called you an idiot. Like, that's – that's just crazy. Drew Smiley and the Cubs have been playing very good. Mm-hmm. Marcus Stroman has been pitching very good. Ballinger has been playing very good. Nico Horner and Swanson have been doing decently good for them. They're how I've been saying they're middle. They could be one of the best uh, young middle infield, if not the best middle infield in all of baseball. But I do think this Cubs team could pick it up. I don't think they're uh, 500 right now, but uh, I saw that uh, Max Muncy just torched them this. In their series, Max Muncy has a league-leading 11 home runs, which is gross. But off that, 
with the Cubs, like how I said, how you said, how you've been saying since we started these podcasts, you think the Cubs could be a playoff team. I think they could be too as long as they just keep putting the pieces together. If Bellinger could be playing at a decent pace and if Swanson could play at his potential and Horner could play at a potential that we know that he could play, I think this team could be very good. Yeah, I mean, watching a video of Drew Smiley losing that game, losing that perfect game, like that's that's heartbreaking to watch. I'm not even really a Cubs fan, but that's that's not a way that you should you should lose a perfect game. I mean, he was pitching lights out. He went seven and seven and two thirds, ten strikeouts. Like he was he was shoving, and like you said, I think that was just poor communication on the pitcher and the catcher. I mean, in my opinion. Probably could have just let the catcher get it, but I know Drew Smiley wanted nothing more than just get that out, you know, keep keep that alive. But I mean, shit happens. I mean, that's a heartbreaking way to go. But I know he said he was upset about it, but it's it is what it is. I mean, you can't change it. Those things happen. But yeah, I mean, with the Cubs too, I know they won that game 13-0. It was a slug fest. I mean, I know Patrick Wisdom hit a home run, Bellinger hit a home run. Uh, wisdom hit it. Wisdom hit one. I mean, you have that whole team's batting extremely, extremely well. And like I keep saying, I'm glad to see Cody Bellinger's coming back around. We know what he's capable of. I mean, Patrick Wisdom, he's always a really good bat, too. I mean, Trey Mancini's playing pretty well for them as well. Like, they have a solid team there. And I definitely think if they keep this pace up, they could definitely be a playoff team. Now we're going to go on to something that happened today, which is honestly, I think, a great uh, move by this team. The Pirates just extended Brian Reynolds for eight years for 106.7 mil. So he's making roughly about 13.5 mil a year, and I love this move. They just locked him and keep Brian Hayes down for eight years. And we see how the Pirates are playing, dude. They're 16-7. and seven. Like, They're playing extremely good. Vince Velasquez pitched a hell of a game the other day. This team is just playing very good. This is just – I. this is what, like I said before, like – I said this before, like when – I feel like team chem is such a huge thing. Like knowing that the whole team just want – like th- there's no way that there was, there was more than five people on this planet that thought the Pirates were going to be this good to start the year. There's – I would – no possible way. But I said this a lot. Team chemistry is not only huge in baseball, but it's huge in every sport. And when you go out there with people that you consider your brothers and family that you that want to win with you, you play for so much – you play for a bigger reason than just playing the game of baseball. You're playing for them and you're playing for the whole city of Pittsburgh because the, no not one person thought Pittsburgh was going to be – this good to start off the year. Not even yeah, Pittsburgh fans. Not hmm. even Pittsburgh fans thought this. So it's like I don't know. I just love like I just love seeing this. I love seeing teams that shouldn't be doing this well doing amazing. This team is playing very good, especially since they lost a star player on their team, O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz is not even playing for them, and they're playing stout. They're playing great baseball. So they're just going out there and not playing for just themselves. They're playing for each other. And I love how Brian Reynolds didn't take that much money, to be honest. This is not a lot of money. I think he could have got way more. And you said the same thing earlier. Mm. This is going to be huge for them. I know 
I don't know if they have a lot of money, but I know for a fact that this helped them because they did not pay this guy, to be honest, that much. I feel like he should be getting at least 17 mil a year. He's yeah. getting 18.5. This is a great move by the Pirates, and I'm excited to see what not only they're going to be able to do for the rest of this year, but the next upcoming years because I do think that Pittsburgh Pirates team, especially since they locked down Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds, like I said, for eight years, they're going to be a problem, especially if they could get some pitching. Yeah, I mean, Pirates are playing unbelievably well. And like you said, I don't think anybody coming into the season seen the Pirates playing this well. They're leading their first place in the NL Central right now. And it's – I how do I want to say it? I just think they're, the start of their season, they were playing really well. They were winning some games. They beat the Astros. A lot of people were hitting really well. It's like Brian Reynolds, Daniel Cruz, you know, I forget the other kid, Hunway Bay, whatever. They're all playing extremely well. I think that self-confidence just gives you that next level to play even better. I mean, obviously they lost Daniel Cruz, and that's that's a big hit for them. But obviously you could see it's not affecting them as much as everybody probably thought it was going to. I mean, it's still a big loss for them, and it might hurt them a little bit later in the year. But – Right now, they're just on this hot streak. I think they're on a seven or eight game win streak now. They're just playing extremely well. And like you said, with Brian Reynolds, you know, the eight year, 106 mil. Yeah, he definitely probably could have gotten more money. I mean, I'm sure the Pirates' payroll isn't as big as the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers, stuff like that. But that is a huge caliber player for a team like that to keep locked up for eight years like that. And hopefully he keeps playing as well as he is. I don't see him cooling down anytime soon. I mean, he's been arguably one of my favorite outfielders to watch the past few years, just because of how well he's been playing. But I mean, yeah, it's, I'm glad to see the Pirates doing well. I mean, it's Andrew McCutcheon's farewell tour with them as well. Coming back for one more year to retire a pirate. And I mean, even, even Andrew McCutcheon's playing extremely well. So, I mean, it's just, it's fun. It's going to be fun to watch them the rest of the year. I'm glad to see them doing well. Now we're going to go on to our weekly segment of just talking about our two favorite teams. So we're going to hit on the Yankees. And I saw that they're 13 and 10 and they're fourth in the AL East. And that's crazy. Like they're 13 and 10 and they're fourth in a division that has uh, the best two teams in the whole MLB record wise. They have the Tampa Bay Rays and the Baltimore Orioles. And I said this. We both said this uh, when we first started these podcasts. The Orioles are going to be a sneaky team this year. We saw what they could do last year. Mm-hmm. They are a good, well-rounded young team. Adley Rutschman, beast, monster. Like, there's no other way to put it. That guy is the best catcher in the MLB. I don't care. The yeah. guy's the best catcher in baseball. Uh, the they Orioles, brought up Gunner. Yeah, they brought up Gunner. Grayson Rodriguez just got called up, mm-hmm. too. That team is very young. Jorge Mateo is playing very good baseball. Austin Hayes is playing very good baseball. Cedric Mullins is playing very good. That whole team is playing stout. They are going to be a playoff team this year. I'm saying it now. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I feel like it's going to be crazy to see what that A at least. Like, that's gonna, yeah, it's making me nervous already this year. That's going to be a crazy, crazy race, and I'm very excited to see it. And I honestly, like I said, that the Yankees – I hope that the Yankees are in the World Series because I think the Mets will make it. Well, I hope the Mets are going to make it, so I hope for a Subway Series. 
World Series, but dude, with that AL East, like that's just gross. You have the Tampa Bay Rays who are twenty and three, played Spets for the first nine games. Yeah. Uh then you have the Orioles, fourteen and seven. That's crazy, but I don't really find that surprising because last year they were very good, just got hot at the wrong at too late. Yeah. Uh, the Blue Jays, I mean, are playing extremely well, too. Blue Jays, you've got Matt Chapman, Vladdy. You have a shit ton of very good hitters. And then you have the Yankees, who, when Carlos Rodon comes back, will have the best rotation in all of baseball. They have the best pitcher in baseball right now. I hate to say this. They have the best pitcher in all of baseball right now in Garrett Cole. This Yankees team is going to be very disgusting when they have Rodon. They're going to get Bader back. Like, they're just going to be – very good, and I'm excited to see. They're 13 and 10 right now. They're playing good baseball so far, but I'm excited to see what this AL East race is going to come down to by All Star break. Because I feel like all by All Star break, that race is already going to be ridiculous, and like yeah. it's going to be crazy to see how many teams that make the playoffs in that division. To be honest, yeah, and it's going to be tough for anyone to really get ahead of the Rays and rest unless the Rays hit a slump. Because I mean, they already have a five-game lead or five-win lead pretty much on the rest of the division or the next – or the Orioles, I should say. So, I mean, teams are going to have to get hot. They're going to have to hope the Rays hit a slump to beat someone out for first place in the division. I mean, like I said last week and the week before, the Rays are playing extremely good baseball. Everyone on that team is hitting the ball extremely well. And in my opinion, yes, they absolutely deserve to be the number one spot. And like I said before, the Orioles – I pretty much knew going into this year, the Orioles were going to be at least third place. I didn't think the Yankees were going to be fourth place, but I knew the Orioles were going to have an extremely good team this year. Like I said, they brought Gunner up. They brought Grayson Rodriguez up. They still have Adley. Like, I, I'm not surprised to see the Orioles playing this well. But I think the problem with the Yankees, at least in my opinion, is just their pitching. You bring Cole in. You bring Nestor in. You have two, you have two good games there. You bring in Johnny Brito. He's pitching extremely well at the beginning of the year. He's getting shelled. You bring in Clark Schmidt now. He's pitching all right. He's just letting up too many hits, too many runs. It's, I mean, I just think once we get Rondon back, we get Harrison Bader back, we get Staten back, whatever he comes back. It's just got to get everybody back together, keep everyone healthy. And I think we'll pull things around. I don't see us staying in fourth place the whole year. I'd be extremely surprised if we were. Just like you were saying, how well our rotation is. I mean, even with our, our bullpen right now, too. I mean, Loisca's out for, I think, 10 or 15 days. And that's another big arm that we use quite often. So, I mean, it's just going to be a struggle for right now. I mean, until we get everybody back from the I.L. I mean, we'll see how things play out. I mean, hopefully they pick it back up. But... Now we're going to go on to the Mets. What I got to say about them, I'm honestly very happy with them. They're 14 and 8. Uh, they're playing very good baseball. Obviously, we lost Scherzer for, the, for a good bit, but we got, how I said earlier, Joey Lachesi came up, pitched a beautiful game against the Giants, pitched seven scoreless innings. Honestly, surprised me. We are hitting very good, to be honest. There, We still have those games where we're not hitting – we're, we're only getting like four or five hits, but those hits have been 
like extra base hits that have put runs on the board. But you have Pete Alonso with 10 home runs, ripping the cover off the ball. You have Francisco Alvarez, who's having better at-bats now. His play discipline is getting better. You could see it. Brent Beatty's also having very good at-bats. Every time he hits the ball, it goes to right to someone which sucks. But he's also having very good at-bats. Our lineup has been getting much, much better. They're putting out new lineups that have been working every – not every game, but they're figuring out the lineup that uh, is is going to help – is going to win us the most games. I see that Luis Guillorme is playing a lot more, which I'm starting to love. Luis Guillorme, in my opinion, is a very underrated fielder in the whole in, – in, in all of baseball. His gloves are very smooth. His, his hands are very quick. He can play – uh, first, I mean, not first, second, third, and sure he can play all all around. He's he's a very good utility guy for us, so I'm very happy to see him getting um playing in more games. Uh, we have Verlander coming back May third against the Tigers. That's gonna be a bloodbath. I feel bad for the Tigers. Um, but with the Mets, Brandon Nimmo. Oh my God, what do I have to say about him? Like the guy's a beast. Five for five against the Dodgers. Next game goes three for five. Next game goes two for three. Next game goes two for four. Like, it's disgusting what this guy does. In my opinion, he's a top three leadoff in the whole MLB. He's playing like a top, He's playing like the best center fielder in the whole MLB. His glove's ridiculous. He's, he's getting on base at a high level. His OBP's through the roof. His batting average is almost at a 400. He's playing very good for us. He's the only guy on that team that I could say wants to win every game and goes out there and gives it 100%. Even when we're getting dumped 8-1, he's going out there and robbing home runs. Like, he don't care. Yeah, I feel like not not enough people really realize how good Brandon Nemo is. Like, everybody knows he's a good player, but they don't realize how, how much of an impact he brings to that team. Like you said, really, really, really good leadoff hitter and an extremely good outfielder. And his bat this year, wow. His bat this year is, is surprising me so much. Last year, he was very timid with his bat. He was very – I think he was just scared to swing at bad pitches and or even just, like, hit it right at someone. He was just – he was just – last year, he was very walk-heavy. He was looking for a walk every at-bat. This year, he's swinging at first pitches, hitting home runs. He has two home runs already. Uh of like he's like nine RBIs as a leadoff. He's doing very good for us, and I'm very happy that we got to keep him. I, this I said this in the off season. I don't know if you will agree with me, but I think I was right to be honest. Brandon Nimmo was worth more than the Grom. Brandon Nimmo was worth more than the Grom, and I knew that if we got Brandon Nimmo, we were gonna get Sanga because I knew Cohen. He didn't really get Sanga for cheap because we don't know Sanga to his full potential, but for yeah. 25 mil for five years for Kodai Sanga, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, especially how well he's playing now. Yeah. I mean, that's a steal at this point. Mm-hmm. So, I and when Scherzer, Scherzer will be back for the Braves, so that's not really anything. I hope that he can come back strong. Hopefully that sticky stuff and shit is going to uh, get caught down because every pitcher in the league uses – something to pitch better. Like, they obviously use rosin, but there's something else. There's obviously something else that pit not maybe not every pitcher uses, but there's, there's something that uh, a lot of pitchers use that help their uh, spin rate, velocity, all that. So 
they just got to figure out what is uh, deemed to be too much rosin. To like, it's just ridiculous. But with that shit, like, I don't, it don't, I don't really think it affected us. How I said, Lachesi came up tonight. We didn't know who our starter was gonna be. It's the Nationals. I could have probably went out there and threw seven scoreless for us. But Jose Bato is gonna come up for us tonight. He played very good against the Athletic. He pitched very good against the Athletics. It's the Nationals. It's the, like I don't know what else to say. It's it's a little league team basically. So I think that we're gonna take at least two or three, probably sweep. We have Kodai saying on the hill tomorrow, which I'm very excited about that. And then we have Lachesi coming back to pitch for us on Thursday, which I'm very happy that he's getting an opportunity. David Peterson should go to AAA, double A, single A, wherever the hell he has to go to get his mind right. We shouldn't get rid of him because I definitely think he could still be a great bullpen piece and a backup starter. But his head has been in his ass back. Tyler McGill, for some reason, he only pitches good in New York. He's pitching great in New York, but on the road, he's pitching like shit. But maybe it's just the home crowd. He loves the home, loves the home feeling. But with the Mets, like, I was pissed off two weeks ago because they weren't hitting. The door was pissing me off. Everyone was pissing me off on that team. But now, 14-8, and eight, can't really complain. We ha- we're playing, I keep saying, we're playing the idiot Nationals, so I don't really find us in a bad spot. We play the Braves next, but this is a good warm-up series, to be honest. It's like we're playing the bad news bears to go and face fucking the nineteen ninety nine Yankees. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be tough watching the Yankees struggle. I mean, obviously the Mets aren't playing bad. The Yankees aren't playing bad either. They're just struggling with giving up runs and with injuries and all. But I mean, Rizzo's still batting good. Judge is still batting good. We'll just have to see how the rest of the year goes. All right. Got anything else? Nope. Well, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Facebook, TikTok. Instagram, listen anywhere you get your podcasts at. And if you want, follow us. Follow, mine's at Zizavonchik, Eddie's at MCA Montanez19 on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. But all right, thanks for tuning in. Uh, catch you in the next episode.